Good morning. Today is July 24, 2021. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 18 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Today, we're going to talk about ways to stretch our limited supplies. The first, of course, is storage. We know that reservoirs, either on stream or off stream, can grab the spring runoff that melts in a hurry and rushes down the rivers and out of our state. The more of this we can catch, the better. But we now know that permitting of surface reservoirs is dang near impossible today. Colorado has a water plan that has been put together by what are called roundtable discussion groups. It is officially approved by the state. I really don't know what agency puts its stamp of approval on the water plan. If you know, please email me at tommy at nowater.com. Anyway, that plan calls for an additional 400,000 acre feet of storage by the year 2050. That's a sharp 29 years away. With permitting requiring decades, some new storage projects should be in the proposal stages. There is only one new reservoir project being planned, NISP. It is actually two off-stream reservoirs, Glade near the mouth of the Poudre and Galton near the small town of Galton north and east of Greeley. NISP is two reservoirs but one project. One will not be built without the other. They work in tandem. We've talked about NISP and we'll talk more about NISP in future episodes. Remember, 17 years and counting for permitting NISP. Frankly, I don't know that NISP will ever go forward. Not only does it have permitting problems, but the owners of the ditch plan to be used for the exchange of dirtier water for the cleaner water near the river diversion has not received approval from the ditch owners themselves. One would have thought this would have been the first step by the proponents of NISP. Without ditch approval, the project simply does not work. To my knowledge, there are no other, quote, new reservoirs being planned. However, Denver Water has proposed enlarging Gross Reservoir in Boulder County. Gross Reservoir was built in 1954 to hold water brought through the Moffett Tunnel from Grand County. It holds roughly 40,000 acre-feet of water. The proposed expansion would raise the dam height another 131 feet and add another 77,000 acre-feet of water storage. It has been in the permitting stage for at least eight years. It has been in the planning stages for 20-plus years. Estimated cost is $464 million, or about $6,000 per acre foot of storage. Prices for storage have not risen as dramatically as the price for water rights themselves. Storage has been around $5,000 per acre foot for a couple of decades now. Permitting is the major concern for storage. 
it has been a laborious process for Denver Water on Gross Reservoir. The permitting process was conducted at the direction and oversight of six federal and state regulatory agencies. A final order to commence expansion of Gross Reservoir from the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, was granted last year. FERC had final authority because Gross Reservoir occupies federal lands specifically designated for hydropower production. That in itself is interesting because following all these projects, it is hard to understand which federal agency has the ability to give a final go-ahead. Sometimes it's the Corps of Engineers, sometimes EPA, and sometimes others. I don't get that part, but the important thing is that it passed the environmental review process. Unfortunately, although Gross Reservoir has undergone scrutiny from all stakeholders, Boulder County is using the 1041 process to hold up the project. I'm sure there were good intentions when 1041 was passed by the legislature in 1974, but it seems to have run amok. How can one county hold up a much-needed and federally approved project that will benefit citizens of our state? but maybe some breaks will be applied to the 1041 process. Denver Water just recently, July 14, filed a lawsuit in U.S. District Court against Boulder County. Boulder County, as other counties in my opinion, has abused the 1041 process. We should dive into 1041 process in a future episode and get input from experts. One bright spot among surface reservoirs, Chimney Hollow Reservoir, a 90,000 acre foot firming project for the Windy Gap participants. It has received all approvals and will begin construction this year. It is located in the valley just west of Carter Lake. Carter Lake, by the way, holds 110,000 acre feet. The project construction cost of Chimney Hollow is $500 million. That works out to $5,500 per acre foot of storage. That tracks closely with what smaller, even sanding gravel pit line storage, projects cost to build storage. So that's it. Surface storage seems improbable, if not impossible, for two reasons. One, the good sites were taken a long time ago, and two, permitting delay issues. Two Forks was the last great natural site for a dam. In my opinion, it should have gone forward. Time has a way of changing things. If I were Denver Water or part of a consortium of cities, I think I would resurrect two forks. Maybe something slightly smaller, but still a great place for a new reservoir. But we are where we are. 
we have to look for alternatives. And luckily, underground storage may become more accessible. Greeley has the largest aquifer storage and recovery, ASR, project going forward. Next week, we will talk to Joel Barber at LRE Water about defining good locations for ASRs. There's lots of aquifers below our feet, but how do you determine which are good candidates for ASR? Joel will help us understand that issue. Stay tuned for that. Augmentation. You've heard that word. It doesn't really stretch water, but allows a user to take water where he wants or needs it. You still have to account for water taken. Augmentation has been used a long time. It's a hard concept to grasp, but we're going to give it the old college try. Augmentation allows a user to take water out of priority and use such water as long as he is able to, quote, augment the river so that no other users are harmed. Huh? How can that be? Now, this is the hard part to understand. If a user can keep the river whole by finding an alternate source of water to replace any depletions to the river, he can take the water that he originally wanted. Hmm, not really understanding that. Why doesn't he just use the alternative source of water that he located? And what's a depletion? So let's get a little technical and give a hypothetical example that might explain augmentation. Suppose you want to drill a well into a tributary aquifer because the aquifer is right under where you need the water. Gee, if you could just take the water out of the aquifer by drilling a relatively shallow well, maybe that could save you the expense of laying pipes miles and miles from some other source. As we have discussed, a well drilled into a tributary aquifer is in hydraulic communication with the surface stream system. Remember, this is different than non-tributary. Because the tributary well is in hydraulic communication with the surface stream system, pumping the tributary well will cause depletions to the surface stream system. What does that mean? It means that now, instead of water flowing from the aquifer into the stream, the reverse begins to happen. Water begins flowing from the stream back to the, quote, hole in the aquifer water created by pumping water out of the aquifer. I hope this makes sense. When you pump water out of an aquifer, it essentially creates a hole that surrounding water in that aquifer will rush into. This hole just keeps getting larger and larger as you pump more water out of your well. In a tributary situation, the edge of this hole will eventually reach the stream 
and water from the stream will either flow into the aquifer or at least water from the aquifer will quit flowing into the stream. This creates a depletion to the river. So depletions lower the amount of water available to downstream users. That is not permissible. Because well depletions travel underground through porous media rather than surface flow, it may be a month, a year, or several years before depletions begin to impact the river and water in the stream goes down. The volume of water pumped, aquifer characteristics, and distance from the well to the stream affect the timing and volume of depletions. Water resource professionals generally perform calculations to estimate the timing and magnitude of well depletions. In Colorado, tributary aquifers are administered as part of the surface water system. To legally pump water from a new diversion on a stream or a new well drilled into a tributary aquifer, the owner of the new source of water must find, i.e. purchase, another source to offset, that is augment, depletions to the stream. The augmentation source must be in sufficient quantity and location to prevent downstream depletions. This is a complicated process and requires a court-approved augmentation plan to allow long-term use of the new source of water, either a diversion or well. Water rights engineers estimate where and when and can also provide input as to how to put augmentation water back into the stream to prevent injury to downstream users. An example will help explain. Suppose a city diverts water from a stream or tributary well, treats that water, and delivers it to homes within the city limits. There are two main uses of such water. Water for household use, that is showers, toilets, etc., and outside watering for lawns. Returns from household use water go directly to the wastewater treatment plant. The treated water is then returned to the river. About 95% or more of the water through a house returns to the river, a minimum reduction to stream flows. Water for lawns is much different. It is lost to plant growth, evaporation, and plant evapotranspiration. About 15 to 20% of lawn irrigation water seeps into the ground and eventually returns to the stream through the aquifer. The rest is lost. So stream losses from lawn applications are about 80 to 85% of applied water. Taken together with household use water, about 50% 
of water sent to a home eventually returns to the river system. Water resource engineers quantify the amount of water lost through the combination of lawn watering and household use. The city does not own the water that is returned to the stream from single-use water, remember about 50%. That water is claimed and used by downstream users and must be protected. Now, the example just given is single-use water. What happens if the city is using fully consumable water? Water that has been imported from another basin, Transmountain Diversions, and non-tributary groundwater were never part of the receiving stream system. Downstream water users had no prior claim to it. That water can be fully consumed or used to extinction. In the city example just given, if the city used fully consumable water rather than single-use water, then the city would own the water that exits its wastewater treatment plant along with water applied to lawns that returns to the surface stream system. The city can then capture those return flows just downstream of the city and exchange them back upstream to take into its system again. With fully consumable water, the city could, quote, exchange its downstream return flows back upstream and use the water again. On the first round of exchange, the city can divert or pump approximately 50% more of what it originally took into the city because it is leaving 50% in the river rather than picking it up. Does that make sense to you? Now, this 50% extra that they are exchanging is still fully consumable. So they get to exchange that back for now 25% more, then exchanged again for 12.5% more, etc. Under favorable circumstances, this reuse of fully consumable water will allow a city to divert or pump twice as much as they could with single-use water. This is a hard concept to grasp, but it's how it works in Colorado. This happens because none of their fully consumable water was ever available to downstream users. Of course, this would not be the case if the city supply is single-use water. So let's first talk about a city needing a 1,000 acre-feet of new water and using single-use water. The city could create a new diversion on a stream and pipe the water to its treatment plant, which could be many miles, or drill a well into an alluvium, which may be closer to the treatment plant, and pump the water it needs. These would both be new diversions, either directly or indirectly from the surface water system. 
So the city is going to have to find a thousand acre feet somewhere else and replace that into the river so as to not harm downstream users. However, if the city locates and purchases 500 acre feet of consumable water, this will give them the right to divert a thousand acre feet into its system. So if they divert the 500 acre feet under favorable conditions, they could then continually exchange the return flows to effectively augment its 500 acre feet of diversions and be allowed to divert 500 acre feet more at its intake. They would then have the 1,000 acre feet they needed. So now they divert 1,000 acre feet and leave 500 in the river. Remember, they have bought 500 acre feet of fully consumable water which they are diverting upstream. I hope this makes sense to you. It is confusing, but when you run through the numbers, it keeps the river whole. Wow, water engineers have explained that to me several times, and it's still confusing. I know it's a hard concept, but I wanted to introduce the term augmentation to you. You will hear it a lot, when discussing water in Colorado. When you do, you can refer back to this episode and listen again and again. Good luck with it. Time for us to stop. Next time, Joe Barber will help us understand how Aquifer Storage and Recovery Projects, ASR, are chosen. Groundwater may not be as dead as originally thought. I know people are listening who know more about water than I do. When I make a mistake or misinterpret something, let me know. Write to me at tommy at nowater.com. That's K-N-O-W hyphen water.com. I want to hear from you. Also, I want you to refer this podcast series to your friends. The more people know about water, the better. And I am not embarrassed if you want to buy me a cup of coffee on the nowater.com website. That would make me feel that this series is worth the effort. I love doing it. I just want to make sure others see value in it. Enough of that. Let's go listen to our mountain stream. See you next time.